Hello and welcome to Ask the Ed number 16, the catch-up episode. This one is just about catching up on all the questions that came in while I was taking a break over Christmas. So I'll get straight into it, not waste your time with bad jokes or reminiscences about the past. Today starts with a barrage of questions from Stone Age off the Liverpool site. Firstly, he asks, Who is the nearest player in style and ability to KDB in world football? And do you think he would fit into Liverpool's team? If so, who would he replace in the starting eleven? I really can't think of anyone with a similar style or kind of ability as De Bruyne in the modern game. Um, perhaps Harvey Barnes, as he's got that same red face like he's about to explode, Luke, but he doesn't play the same. The problem with De Bruyne is that he's able to play a number of different roles and positions so well. It makes it difficult to understand how to actually get the best out of him, so he ends up being used in roles that never quite get the most out of all of his abilities. To me, the closest player I can think of to him was probably Steven Gerrard. Like Gerrard, you have so many attributes to pick from. Do you play him wide to make the most of his quality crosses and ability to cut in and hit the ball? Do you play him high up the pitch around the edge of the box to get him in dangerous areas to shoot? Do you play him deeper where his probing passes can create attacks? Like Gerrard, he lacks awareness and positional sense in defensive zones, so he usually ends up with a free role to play as he pleases. I'm sure he could fit into any team, probably would have to be at the expense of someone like Oxlade Chamberlain or Cater in the Liverpool side. While I think he could play any of the midfield positions or wide forward places, I don't think he would improve on Mane or Salah, and lacks the defensive acumen of Henderson, Fabinho and Wijnaldum, so I don't know if he would get in. Pro- <laughs> yeah, he probably would. You'd have to put, yeah, you'd have to put him in instead of like an Oxlade Chamberlain or Cater. Right, now on to Stone Age's second question, and it is, how good was Steve McManaman? Obviously, going to Real Madrid, he must have been one of the best in the world in his position at the time. He also scored some important goals for them. But he's never named on here in anyone's top 11. What's the reason for that? Sour grapes that he left still? I think the problem is that Liverpool never saw the best of him. He became a much better player with Madrid, as it wasn't all about him. When he was emerging, he was boundless and his great dribbling skills and terrified defenders. However, after winning player of the year, went to his head and he became prone to just running into blind alleys and taking 55 touches when two would have done. All the things that are so frustrating about Lalana, but multiplied by 10. Talent-wise, he was also unlucky in that he was the successor to John Barnes and Barnes was truly special, but Manaman simply wasn't on that level. He did improve at Madrid as he stopped just running and running and started to use his head. Instead of trying to beat 11 players, he would look for a pass when it was on and try not to take more touches than when necessary. He won't be named anyone's top 11 as he wasn't good enough while at Liverpool to emerge from the shadow of the greats that came before him and is now being overshadowed by the current team. And Stone Age's last question of the bunch, which is... Given their preference to get forward and whip crosses in with their left foot... Could you see Klopp being able to coach Shakiri to cover for Andy Robertson? Uh, honestly, no. I don't think there's a snowball's chance in hell of him ever being able to cover for Robbo. Even if Shaq gave it his all, he lacks the pace of stamina to get up and down the flank for 90 minutes like Robbo does. Right, so next we go to the Arsenal site and Klopp ends who, well, rants. He says... If he gets appointed, Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck should be his first signing. A shambles this is, championship, here we come. Yeah, I've no idea what that is about either. Maybe it's something to do with the guy who bought Portsmouth a couple of years ago. He was an ex-Disney chief. If any one of you listening to this knows what this is about, please send your answers in on the postcard. 
Right, now back to the Liverpool site in Sky Salah asks. Hi Ed, just a quick question on goalkeepers. Other than Becker, is there any other goalkeepers in the Premier League that you like and think are great? And is there any up-and-coming keepers in the league that have a good-looking future? I remember watching Mark Travers for Bournemouth against Spurs last season and thought he was fantastic. Well, at his best, De Gea was a fantastic keeper, of course. If a bit weak on dealing with crosses and generally anything that requires coming off his line he is uncomfortable with. But as a shortstopper, he was the best in the world for a while. Still young enough to get back to his best, potentially. If not, they always have Dean Henderson on loan at Sheffield United at the moment. He is an excellent young keeper. I really like him. Uh, Ru Patricio is a solid all-round keeper. I would say that Fabianski at the Hammers is the other standout keeper in the Prem. They really miss him when he doesn't play. Also, I have to say, Matt Ryan has come on in leaps and bounds under Potter, who's playing to his strengths, though I'm not his biggest fan. Um, in terms of backup keepers, both Adrian and Sergio Romero are really good. Both are good enough to start for most of the Prem. Another Liverpool site question, this time from Van Dijk, who asks... Who amongst the current young players in the league will suit our style of play, let's say, in a season or two? Right, just put my teeth back in after saying that. And uh, what's a bit difficult to answer is the style will no doubt have evolved by then. But I'll base it on how Liverpool play now and leave out the Liverpool prospects such as Jones. So of the players 21 and under, I would say well, Pulisic, Sessegnon, Greenwood, Dallow, James, Ahrens, uh, Saka, Neto... Neto uh, Ampadu, Godfrey, but I mean basically there are loads as youngsters can be easily moulded to suit the system. All they need is the right attitude and ability. So next up is a question from True Red Devil of the Manchester United site. Advanced New Year's wishes Ed. Uh, this season we have three top clubs in EPL who have appointed managers with limited experience and fairly weak CV. Who amongst the managers in Chelsea United and Arsenal do you think are best equipped to succeed? Are these decisions to recruit them a calculated risk and will these managers be given time to grow into the role? Yeah, thanks. Uh, happy, very belated New Year to you too. Right, uh, the best equipped to succeed is Lampard, simply because he is the one given the most help by his club. Only time will tell if he is the best of them in the role though. Chelsea had to do something different. They needed someone that the fans would give time to and back even if things were difficult. Lampard was the perfect choice for that. Arsenal just seemed to be keep keep making the same mistakes time and time again, going for someone who plays a certain style but has shown no signs of knowing anything about defensive work. Possibly a cheap option as well as Arsenal's finances are extremely stretched. Um, United just rushed into a silly error. Ole was the, is just there because the fans loved him as a player and he won't rock the boat with regard to the setup and improving the infrastructure of the club which is in desperate need of investment. I expect all three to be given time. At least to see a full season and a half, at least, I think all three of them will get. Right, Big Verge from the Liverpool site is next, and he asks, Ed One, I know you're probably sick to death of hearing about it, but do you think Graham Souness' offside rule, so offside rule idea is something that should be considered? Well, first off, you should always consider ideas, even if you then discard them as terrible or unworkable. But Souness' idea seems like it could be workable. It would certainly give the advantage to the attacker, which is surely how it should be. If we're going to continue down the road of using VAR to decide on offsides, then this is the best idea floated so far. Certainly better than the current offering of a 10cm buffer, which is much smaller than the actual margin for error. So yes, I think they should consider it. 
What they should have done is trialled the use of VAR for at least three more seasons before introducing it to sort out these things before it was implemented. Where it is here now, so you have to make these changes as we go and Sunes has a better idea than the pointless 10 centimetre buffer idea, in my opinion. Which also I should point out what Sunes's idea actually is. And that's where if any part of the attacking player is onside, they count as onside rather than if any part is offside, they count as offside. Now another question from Sky Salah from the Liverpool site. Hi Ed, bit of a strange question I'm guessing, but my manager at work is from Sheffield. We work in Melbourne, Australia, and he is a diehard Sheffield Wednesday supporter. After many ch- chats about football on our smoke breaks, he's got me somewhat into following the club. Part-time only, Liverpool will always have my heart. Just wanted to ask, what is your thought to them as a club? How were they back in the day? Did they have any really good players that you can remember? And can you see them getting promoted to the Premier League anytime soon? Cheers, mate. I do actually remember them well. When I was very young, we lived in Shrewsbury for a bit. And my ma worked with a couple of the players' wives in a garment factory. I think it was called Silhouette, if I remember correctly. Anyway, one of the players was an ex-Arsenal player called Brian Ornsby, and he got a move to Sheffield Wednesday while Jack Charlton was in charge. So I used to look out for them when I was a kid. Um, do you used to have some good players. I mean, John Arks was the first decent American player I remember. He was at Wednesday. And when they were managed by Pleat, they seemed to have some good players. Bob the Builder, your manager will tell you who that is. Uh, Des Walker was excellent. Chris Woods, one of the Sheridans, played for them as well. I think it was John. Uh, Nigel Wardington, I vaguely remember being good as well. Oh, I know, I nearly forgot as well. It's it's uh, Dan Petrescu. He was class in his day. Um, Benito Carboni, bit lightweight, but could be good when he could be bothered. And the Looney Tunes Di Canio, it was well with the owls he pushed over the ref. The one I always really remember standing out was Roland Nielsen. I don't know why, but he always seemed to stand out when I saw them play. Oh, and Emerson Tone was good for them for a while, but flopped once he left. They were always, in my vague recollections, one of those teams that played decent football and could be dangerous, but you always fancied your chances against. Then they just seemed to lose their way and fell out of the Prem and never sorted themselves out properly. They always had a decent sized fan base, so they should be able to get themselves in a the promotion battle, but somehow they always seem to fade away when it matters. I have to be honest, I can't see it happening under Monk unless he has improved massively in his methods of dealing with players recently. Right, now on to a Celtic question. It's Pat67 who asks Where is the older and experienced players Lennon has preached about? Um, Probably playing for Crystal Palace as that is the new home for the older player near retirement these days, isn't it? Right, a Manchester United question now from MBG, which is... Good day, Ed. Do you think A.W. Bissaka would be better suited as a centre-back rather than a right-back simply due to his inability to effectively contribute to the attack? Just wondering if it would be easier for him to improve upon any weaknesses he may have as a defender, e.g. position sense, rather than improving his attacking prowess. Not in the slightest do I think so. Um, his weaknesses defensively or a lack of strength and aerial prowess as well as positional sense. All of those are more easily exploited in the centre of defence, but more difficult to get at when a full-back. Wan-Bissaka's main strength is his speed of foot, which not only enables him to get up and down the flank, but also enables him to get a foot in and take the ball off a wide man attacking him. 
it surely shouldn't be too difficult to teach the lads how to cross. It's not a difficult skill, just requires practice and a bit of work from the coaches. While he's learning that skill, he could just watch some Sheffield United games and learn from their overlapping centre-backs how to link up in wide areas. Another Manchester United question from Alfonso. Another awful night. understand from what Ole says that we're trying to build a squad for the future. However, I hear a lot of rumours about players wanting to leave, including Pogba, Matic, Lingard, Rojo, Chong and Gomez. How deep does Exodus go? Are there any others I should add to the list? I heard we should be looking for six players from Gary Neville. Perhaps we need 11. Well, you've pretty much nailed it on who wants to leave. Though, if results and performances carry on as they are, there will be more looking to leave. No point buying too many players though, or it just makes it difficult to integrate them all. What you need to do is get rid of bad apples like Pogba and bring in one or two players of real quality. It only takes a couple of good signings with leadership quality, not the likes of Maguire are ineffective in that regard, to make a real difference. A question from JSC on the Southampton site now. Any updates on the fullback situation? Well, I expect Cedric to leave on a permanent deal in the summer as he wants to go. It also wouldn't be a surprise for there to be a return for Klein as he is keen on a return down south. There would not be Ralph's first choice at all. If Norwich go down, then Saints will make a move for Max Aaron to his apparently first choice. But not sure how much chance there is of getting him. I mean, there's a lot of clubs that would like to sign him, and he is the, but he is the big target that Ralph would like. Now a Chelsea question from Celery King. The media is reporting that Chelsea are after Atlanta left-back, Atalanta left-back even, not Atlanta. Close, but no cigar there, eh? Uh, Atalanta left-back, Robin Gosens, this month for £20 million. Any truth in this, or anything else for that matter? Well, there was interest from Chelsea, but Atalanta had absolutely no interest letting him go in January. Uh, you know, so it wasn't happening. Chelsea are looking for a left-back, though. So maybe it'll be something that's revisited in the summer. Right, back to Liverpool and Tiny asks, Hi y'all, when, to- when Ronaldo or Redders have a free kick just outside of the box, instead of waiting for the ball to go over the wall, why don't we see a couple of players sitting on a couple of shoulders? Donkey ride, thanks. Ah, Mr Pulis, changing one letter in your name will not hide who you are, mate. I know you no longer have the likes of Crouch and want to get more height in your team, but I think you'll have to find other ways to get it than players sitting on other players' shoulders. Have you thought of investing in a rack, perhaps? Doctors wanted to do that to my little cousin because he was short, so as medical basis for you, you could soon have a team of eight-foot-tall giants if you fit the set of them into the academy. Another Liverpool poster, Monkey Mad, asks... Ed Wom, would love to get your opinion on Rodri from City. Whenever I watch him, he doesn't seem particularly impressive in any shape or form. However, I know a few City fans who speak highly of him. He seems like a similar player to Fabinho in his passing game, however positionally he looks much worse and defensively he doesn't seem on the same level. Am I missing something or is he really not that good? First off, I misread your name wrong initially and the song from the TV show Monkey was going round my head then. I loved that show. Never did see the final episode, even when I got the DVD box set, as someone borrowed the final disc to watch while I started at the beginning. I couldn't remember who borrowed it by the time I got to the end. Gutted. Anyway, sorry, back to the question, and no more talk of crawling clouds by blowing on fingers. Uh, I liked Rodri when I saw him in La Liga. He looked an extremely classy player there. It is clear he's struggling to adapt to the pace and intensity in the Premier League. And most of all, he's been exposed by the way City play. 
He's being found out as he's not the best positioning and lacks the mobility to make up for it. He could do with some help if you ask me. A bit of extra cover is very much a Guardiola player. Good on the ball, good at pressing the ball, but clueless what to do when a press is not there. Now it's time for the Arsenal site and a question from Yaya Colo. Hello, kind of new here. I've been coming here for some time, never really commented. You all seem like a nice gang. Ed, thanks for the insight. We all know the Cronkies don't know much and have made all our beloved club regress during their tenure, but why is Arsenal not throwing all their cash to get Campos in on the technical side of things? I don't think he can help take Lille any further, and he may be up for a new challenge. And what a challenge Arsenal would be. Look at some of the players over there, Gabriel, Sumari, Osimhen. And we already bought Pepe. He would come good with confidence. I guess McHugh would be, if anyone knows, if Campos would be available for such a task. I think I read about him being linked to United, which would be terrible. Arsenal could really do with a competent football man upstairs. Well, Lewis Campos has a contract with Lille and they don't want to let him go, so they're going to want a lot of money to cancel it and no one seems willing to pay that much for someone like him, which I find odd. Clubs will pay big money for a single player but not for a man that can help those players achieve their potential or for men who can find those players before big money needs to be spent. Football is an odd world. I would expect Campos to run his contract down and leave when it expires, as he is now very much in demand. He did good work at Monaco and now at Lille. I personally do not think Monaco have recovered from letting him go. I can't see Arsenal being his um, chosen option though, I'm afraid. Sorry. Right, another Chelsea question from Celery King is, is it true that Chelsea and Barcelona are chasing grasshoppers? Rapid 21-year-old Swiss left-back Alan Aragoni reported on the BBC. Well, the BBC were actually reporting on a report from someone else. It's not really the same thing. Sadly, this is what passes for journalism these days. I mean, when it says stupid things like chasing or join the race, then you just wonder what happened to telling the true story. What they mean is... Barcelona and Chelsea have had him scouted, as they do hundreds of players over the course of a season. It just means when they say things like chasing, it usually means they've had him scouted a couple of times. That's all. Another Southampton question now. This time from Norfolk Saints, who wants to know, why are we after the Tottenham reserve fullback when we have our own new players who have not yet been given a fair crack? We must stick to our principles and keep to the Southampton way. Well, it's really simple, mate. Uh, the, the club do not feel any of the right-backs in the youth team are good enough. It may be a case I'm not good enough yet, but only time will tell on that. Next is back to Liverpool, and um, Robbie's line who asks, Hi Edwan, great sight, great vibe, real privilege to have you on Insight. I've been trying to think of a good question for you. A hard one. This is it. If you had to take a United player, that's Man United by the way, who would it be and why? A few years ago, I'd have said De Gea, but Alisson is in a different league now. This might sound mad, but I reckon Klopp could get a lot out of Pogba. I know his wages would be silly, and Liverpool don't usually sign ready-made players, but I just think his passing could work for us. Well, first off, it's not really that much of a privilege to get it, as everyone I've ever worked with will no doubt agree. I'm not shy with... I'm not shy... Shy? What? Not shy with sharing my um, instinct insights. Yeah, sorry, I t- took a few attempts to say that correctly. Uh, anyway, as to the question, Pogba will be bottom of my list as he is not going to ever be a clock player. He's only interested in looking good, that lad. If you wanted the an- ultimate example of a fancy Dan, it would be Pogba. 
I'm always reminded of the film White Men Can't Jump whenever I see Pogba. When Snipes and Harrison argue and Woody tells Snipes he's more interesting looking good than winning, well, that one sentence sums up Pogba to a T for me. He doesn't want to work hard. He just wants to do flicks and tricks. It matters nothing to him whether they affect the game or help his team out, so long as they look good. Highlight real hero. That's what he is. He'll never put the team first, so definitely not him. It has to be one of the youngsters. There are some very good ones there, such as Rashford and Greenwood. But the one I would take is James Garner, and not just because of the name. The lad is a special talent that needs nurturing and defo one to watch out for in the future. Right, now another Celtic question, and RB13 asks, Hi Ed, should the worst happen and Edouard gets injured, he does pick up knocks, would you be confident that we have the personnel to get us over the line? If so, who? If not, what type of strikers do you think we need in? You do lack a bit of cover there, now that Annan is playing two up top. I mean, we can always go back to playing a one-up front system if necessary. Plus, you have the added comfort of knowing that every time that Rangers get a chance to take the lead in the table, they bottle it. Rangers really need to win a trophy to get that confidence boost to help them hold their nerve when it comes down to it. Uh, unless Celtic collapse, which is unlikely given that Rangers are the only genuine opposition, they should have enough to hold on this season. The problem is that Rangers seem to be building towards trophies, while Celtic have been sat on their laurels for years now. This summer they will need to recruit well, which is difficult as top-class strikers at their peak do not want to play in Scotland, so you have to shop in the bargain basement, even if the club was willing to pay top prices. You have to take a chance on either a player who has talent but not made the most of it so far, or someone young and up-and-coming like Edward. Both types of players are projects, or you can go for an older, more experienced player who's winding down his career but wants a last chance at trophies, such as a Glenn Murray type or Billy Sharp even. Once it will help the youngsters break through and still have desire to win as they have not got the trophies so far in their career. Right, it's another Man United question now from Manchester United Rumours who asks, Hello Ed Wan, could please let me know how would you rate the different centre-backs in Man United? How low, how high or low in any order? In an order, sorry. Also, could you please know, let me know your thoughts on the ideal pairing for Man United centre-backs? Mine would be Lindelof and Bailly. A non-injured one. Good day to you. Well, I'll start with the lowest ranked, and I won't cost Count Fosumenses. He doesn't even seem to have entered the thinking of Ole at centre-back. So bottom for me will be Phil Gerning-Jones. Even if he could stay fit, the guy consistently makes stupid decisions and costs the team. So much potential gone to waste there. It's a real shame. Um, Axel Twanzebe is next. Twanzebe? Yeah, someone like that. Lots of potential, was excellent in the championship last season, but he needs to run the games before we can see if he has if he has you know actual ability rather than still being potential. Um next will be Maguire. His position in this suspect, he shows all the leadership skills of a dead duck, but he is strong both in the air and on the ground, and despite his many errors, he never suffers from confidence issues. Though that is not helping him improve, as he never seems to believe it is his poor position that fault on goals conceded as he is so sure of himself he looks at everyone else to blame instead. Um, a fit by E would be next. Physically impressive, strong, quick, good in the air, but not as good on the ball as Maguire. However, he doesn't overdo it the way Maguire is prone to. Not that it is ma- not that it matters, he's never fit. He may as well not even be on the list. Uh, Lindelof is the best in a bunch. He does lack a little strength. He's not the best in the air either, but he has good positional sense, decent pace and is good on the ball. 
Now, I would say the ideal pairing for me would be Twan, Twan Zebe and Lindelof. Twan Zebe needs games. He has pace. He's better on the ball than Bailly and spends a lot less time on the injury table. The only issue is both are better on the right side of the fence, which is the same problem with Bailly. Unfortunately for United, the only defender you have who prefers to play on the left side of the fence is Maguire. That really needs to be addressed. Right, Danny from the Celtic site wants to know, Ed, whatever happened to us signing the big defender Bruno? Sure he was a South American. Is this now dead? Last I heard he was going to court to get his contract terminated. Well, I don't know anything about why these stories of his contract being terminated had come about. He was always signing for the Brazilian Red Bull team, Bragatino, and he did so in January, even though the record were running stories about him terminating his contract and becoming a free agent as the move had collapsed. The deal was done days before they ran that story. I don't understand why they didn't just check on FIFA's TMS system, you know. Right, back to the Man United site, and Adam52 asks... Hello, just wondering what's the real news on Bruno as I no longer know what to believe and also do you think we could maybe pull off Jude Bellingham and or any other players? Well, by now you already know the answer to this but just in case, you did get Bruno signed but you couldn't get uh, Jude Bellingham or any other players. Uh, Am I the only one who wonders if Jude has any relation to Linda Bellingham? Does he like gravy? Right, question from the European soccer site now and McBond Beef asks... I just wanted to ask if there is any interest in him and Eth of Wolves. Many thanks. Well, the lad's an excellent forward, grasps for the team, scores goals, creates chances, so it's quite surprising there was little interest in him in January. I would think it's his age and the price Wolves would require to let him go that would be against anyone looking to sign him. The only way I can see anything happening with him in the summer is if he pushes for a move. And now on to Everton's site poster, Walton Blue 73 who asks, How do you become an Ed? Well, if you pay 500,000 in bitcoins into my account... Oh wait, no, sorry, I was reading off the wrong bit of paper then. That was the ransom demands to get Ed Treble 6 back from his captors. I've already told them they will be begging me to take him back after a week, so no go. As for editors, it really comes down to what we need in the, in the main. Uh, I mean, if there's a site we need an editor for, such as Leeds, Forest and Rangers at the moment... Oh, and Wolves too. We then keep an eye out for a poster who seems to fit the bill. The problem is finding posters who want to do it and then want to keep doing it after they've seen what it entails. Well, that's it for the catch-up episode. Almost completely clear of questions now, you'll be glad to know. She might be lucky enough to have a bit of a break from these pods, depending on how quickly the questions come in. Hope you all enjoyed listening and I'll speak to you again soon, possibly.